Hey, hey everyone. Thanks for thanks for tuning in to the first episode of Unsensational. I'm Joe. And I'm Catherine. This episode is sponsored by the letter U for Unsensational. Because we know we are. Thanks for joining us. We're gonna cover a lot. Get your pap smears and buckle in. Does that work as an intro? Where we have lift off room. Hooray. <laughs> um, so, um, yes. working on one of the merch ideas for the store yes. happens yes. to be about be gay, do cry. And this is something that I was explaining to my partner, and they immediately were like, What's, what's, what's that? What's that saying? Stop I it. I don't like that saying. And I'm like, Why don't you like that? And they're like, Mm-mm, not during these times, because people are going to automatically assume that any protesting that's happening means go do the rioting. And I responded with no. Granted, I don't know exactly what it came from. So we looked up the origin of it. And once upon a time where the legislation specifically called out homosexuality or being gay was legitimately a crime. Um, yes. So it was kind of like, yay, go do that. But I was, I don't know, struck once again with the same thing that happened with my mother when after going to a protest was explaining no justice, no peace was one of the chants that we were saying. And she immediately was like, mm, nope, don't like it. Why are you demanding no justice or no peace and I was like no 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 I was like you can't have one without the other and like went into this other explanation of it but I was just a little little struck by that I'm surprised I think that settles very deeply into something that I wanted to do I don't say soul searching I wanted to figure out a practical means by which I could better voice why I was in opposition to some things and not into others and why I think things are okay Mm. anyway we'll get there what i'm trying to say is it comes down to the white need for niceness we assume Ooh. that if people are mm-hmm. nice they're good people true so no he wasn't saying anything about not liking lesbians he just he's just different but he's so nice he's so mm-hmm. nice you know they they didn't mean anything by what they said they're not afraid of black people i mean i mean not all of them they just say but they're just so nice you know them you know she she's not saying that about you know everyone she's just she doesn't understand it she's so nice though so i think that what happens is in a time when people are being killed For one reason or another, I think that white people still identify niceness as the key factor of how to make something justifiable, of how to make something uh, tolerable, of how to make something important is to be nice about it. It's to petition. It's to call your senators. It's to vote. Mm -hmm. And I think that the whitewashing of history is what's fucked us up there because we've even whitewashed the phrase stonewall was a riot fuck you do you know what it was a riot against it was a riot against police brutality they didn't fucking care about mm-hmm. marriage i'm sure they cared about marriage i don't want to say that they weren't saying not Give at me a time when your life was at risk is that going to be their number one priority exactly 
exactly. And so we've whitewashed the idea of Stonewall was a riot. And yet how many different prides were looking to have cops? You want to talk about police mm. brutality. You want to talk about niceness. Mm -hmm. We've gentrified. Stonewall was a riot. Yes, it was. You're right. And it was about police brutality and about the stings that were happening in gay clubs to, on purpose, murder queer people. Mm. Specifically, brown and black queer people. Even more specifically, sex working brown and black people. I think that a lot of it comes down to niceness where people are like, oh, be gay, do crimes. No, no, you know, you shouldn't. Don't do crimes. I mean, you and I, we both love TikTok. So for me, the thing that I like is, uh, I'm going to completely butcher it, but whatever the phrase is, is when you're borrowing things from store, if it's a chain, it's fair game. And if it's Hobby Lobby, I don't know the rest of it, but fucking raid that shit because it's homophobic. <laughs> so it's stuff like that where like, I, I understand True. where- See, exactly. Because e even something of BK to crime is also a call to the fact that it is still illegal in some countries in today's world to even be in a same-sex relationship. Never mind the fact that the age of crime could also just refer to, hey, we should kill the patriarchy. And uh, other, Maybe. other interpretations of mm -hmm. that, let's just kill heteronormativism. And I mean, if you want to talk about crimes being crimes, harvesting rainwater, crime, anywhere mm -hmm. where there are sodomy laws, mm -hmm. head, crime, anal, crime. Yep. If we want to talk about being gay, do crimes, yes, it comes down to queerness and being othered and recognizing that your comfort is not the priority. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be. I think that that's also where no justice, no peace hits the same kind of area because just be nice. Just, you know, just ignore those people. Vote with your money. I don't know about you. But I'm really fucking tired of my friends dying. And I'm really fucking tired of my friends raising their kids, giving them the best skills to make it into adulthood, but knowing that it still comes down to chance and hoping that they don't have a run-in with someone who thinks that they're being uppity, which is a terrible word to say to anyone, considering that it means... It, some people say it's just classes. It's racist. It's talking about Black people trying to be above where they should be. Mm -hmm. and it's awful. But that's what it comes down to, is worrying that there's going to be some person that comes along thinking that they're out of place. I'm tired of it. I'm tired. I don't think that it's time to be nice anymore. You're right about that, especially for the being nice. And it's not about your comfort, again, where basic human life is kind of at risk that jeopardy because it's a stance that I've heard recently and multiple times the whatever we happen to be protesting about can't we all just stop it during coronavirus times isn't enough already going on can't we all just get along and I would love to all just get along but not in the current situation not in the current unbalanced power dynamic that is going on due to lives being taken and threatened due to someone's skin color. I also think that people who are, 
people who say that, and there are a ton, there are a ton of people saying, mm-hmm. look, let's cool it until coronavirus and COVID-19. Let's get through the second wave. Let's hit the third wave. We can pick this up in tw- late 2021. One, who knows how many people are going to die? Two, how many Black trans women have died this year? Oh, I thought you were going to say how many Black trans women have heard that before, generation after generation, even when it literally was a woman's right to vote, even when it literally was focusing on same-sex marriage, even when it's focusing on a numerous list of other things of like, no, let's just focus on this first. And then when there is a more appropriate time, we will reach that. There's never going to be an appropriate time. It's, it it's something that people use to push off and appease mm-hmm. Appease, yes. That's mm-hmm. what I was going to bring up is it's to, to, it's to make the other person quiet. Oh, you yeah. appease yeah. them to make them quiet because when they're quiet, when you're quiet, you are a nice lady. You are a nice young woman when you are quiet. And you're right. That's exactly what's been happening to trans women this entire time. Meanwhile, doubling down... <laughs> on saying be a nice woman be quiet be seen not heard be seen the way i want you to be seen ensure you're passing enough but also you're still not the gender that you say you are like we we bash them on both sides and i don't i don't mean we as in you and i personally find people to go and do that with i mean we as a society have yet to actually reach the point of just saying this person says they're a woman so they're a woman and that's it. That's the end of it. That's the conversation. Thank you. <laughs> Full stop. You're right. And it's frustrating as well with coronavirus happening. We're, we're seeing in this incredible way that we haven't seen in a very long, that people haven't been aware of watching for a very long time in the United States, where we're seeing these strong stratifications of different tiers of life, of different classes. And I'm not just saying that class struggle is the struggle because the struggle of racism, while yes, it is a class issue, it is a race issue. Mm-hmm. It's a white person problem. I think that when you look at coronavirus and you're looking at what neighborhoods are being hit hardest, who's going to get the vaccine before others, who can afford to take time off work, who has enough savings to be able to stay home, who has enough money to be constantly running their lights and AC while at home when their hours are being cut. Do you have six months of savings? I can't think of many people that have cash, six months of savings Mm -hmm. where nothing goes on credit. So you wanna talk about, well, let's just wait, let's ride this out and then we'll wait. People are dying from coronavirus. (laughs) There is a, we're in a crisis. Racism is a public health issue. In, in, in more ways than one, in the physical, literal meaning of life has been lost in your, in your body due to the virus, but also just your livelihood is at mm. risk. Like, it's just, it's the death of not only other family members or friends that you're looking to, but potentially your job or some of your safety. Mm. And that's something that we're both in the, in the U.S., a couple of, and I, and I literally mean a couple of government checks, uh, is not something Mm-mm. that can appease certain folks, nor even meet their needs. So yes, whether it happens to be, this I think is just a different, almost in a way, I'm romanticizing it a little bit, 
but just a different way to highlight some of the disparities that are mm -hmm. that are going on. So it's just calling attention to our folks of color in the U.S. not only being targeted by police, other law enforcement, just in our healthcare system as well. Mm -hmm. So it's really given a platform to highlight that which people of color have known for ages and now just the white person is being woken up to. Mm -hmm. And that, so that's, I'm glad you said person of color there because I also wanted to transition to talking about all the crap going on with ICE during coronavirus. <laughs> Let's do it. And I don't mean to make this whole thing about ICE. I know we say that we're queer, but I don't think that you can talk about queer people without talking about all queer people. Did you know that there are black queer people? There are brown queer people? Did you know there are Asian queer people? People think about, talk about, do when they hear the word Asian? Sick with ICE. This, this police that can just snatch people up and disappear them. Meanwhile, we're, we're deporting people that have been born in the United States. And, and we have people in a different area of the political spectrum than I am saying to people in the United States, oh, if you don't like it here, go elsewhere. So they support immigration. They just don't understand. <laughs> and I'm tired. I'm tired of black and brown people just being bullied around because it's, it's especially, it doubles down when you get down to, and I know the term intersectionality is overused. When you have the crossroads of people looking at you and assuming your race and your ethnicity, and so they all of a sudden have this laundry list of things about you that must be true. And then they look at you and they think they can tell if you're queer or not. And then they have a whole laundry list of things that they want to say and do shit about that. And then you are at the point where those two things cross over. That you are, you are in a place, you're literally in the crosshairs. People put you in the crosshairs. I'm not going to say you end up in the crosshairs because you don't end up there. You are who you are. You're that person on purpose and you should always be you on purpose. But people put crosshairs on you because of the assumptions that they make. And that's what happens with ICE. That, that's, they just destroy communities. Destroy. I know I promised you that I was going to watch Immigration Nation and I didn't end up doing it. But I feel like firsthand experience of ICE also, also has a lot to say. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're calling to something that we're talking about on a more national level while still hits home for certain families at ICE. Mm -hmm. And yet it's something that I think almost every LGBT person has encountered in some way or another of like, oh, you don't fit this pre-prescribed notion that I have about what you should look like. Mm -hmm. I have in my life received multiple times the question of, or not really, but this, not a question, the confused statement of, well, you don't look like a lesbian. And that's where I want to pose the question back of what does a lesbian look like? I should, I love that tactic that I see in videos and mm -hmm. see on tweets of like, pretend you're not following along in the conversation to specifically make them explain their maybe unacknowledged in some cases, you know, while they might still be good people or nice people, uh, they're homophobic or racist or sexist views of what someone should, how they should present themselves. Mm -hmm. and, and so this straight up reminds me of something that is both near and dear to your heart and my heart. Do you remember that episode of the L Word 
Yay. where they're trying to figure out if the yes, woman yes, you have yes. a crush on is a lesbian or not. So they're checking, they're like okay. checking her nails. Mm -hmm. Like, so what was it? So they check her shoes, her nails, her earrings. I feel like did, there was one. Do they thing. check her like stance in general? How Maybe. She, I can't remember. I can't remember how, if it's how she was acting. Oh my gosh, can you imagine what it would be I nowadays? Remember it would still be like, over. does she have a slit in her eyebrow for nowadays? So that, the hard thing with the eyebrow slit is like, look, when I was, it, what these young folks don't know is that some of us in the 90s wanted eyebrows so thin that it was only one hair. And so I destroyed my eyebrows. I'm still waiting for them to come back. I haven't touched my eyebrows in, yeah. I don't know, years because of my laziness. I don't want to put a slit in my eyebrow. There's not much there. Yeah, that would be great if we could pick some uh identifying sign that doesn't involve a hair removal <laughs> i mean <laughs> or, I or some other type of like body manipulation see and that's where i'm like what about tattoos like what if we all just went back to getting lambdas <sighs> you know what if we all got yeah. like some and, and there's the stereotypical lavender sprigs and like all that mm -hmm. stuff which i'm like i'm not saying stereotypical is bad if that's what you want to do get it here's the thing I want it to be something that straight people can't take away. Going back to TikTok, there was a bit where people were like, bruh, girls are just studs. Because first, they didn't understand that a stud is a black culture thing. Mm -hmm. They were already white people all over. They shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. And two, bruh, girls are not... <laughs> mask lesbians not the same not the same and i don't i if you want to you know show yourself a certain way and you feel good a certain way i want you to do it but i do want an identifier we can, we can hope we can dream we'll start we'll start one now here we'll start talking about some type of identifier and then it's just like it will spread through the grapevine and everyone will know could it be a could it be a term like a certain saying, you know, do you listen to the girl in red? Are you a friend of Dorothy? Some of those I feel like are friend still... of Dorothy's older and a girl in mm -hmm. red. That's it's so white. So white, which it's isn't true. bad. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I just feel like it's super exclusionary mm -hmm. to pop out with something that's like white lesbianism and be like, this is for all queer people. It's gotta be. Uh, that feels weird. I don't know. We've already done that enough. We need to learn from our past mistakes in history. Oh, damn. Is that what growth is about? I don't know. But that it's something that I do want. Because there's this thing that happens that drives me nuts. And it's that when I go in to a WLW space, and I know I can't see your face right now, but I know what your face is doing. When I go into WLW space, Ooh. and I'm looking to to court someone, perhaps, whether it's for an evening and weekend, or, you know, or whatever, a lifetime, we can U-Haul. Love it. I can't tell you the amount of times where it has been straight women. And it's frustrating. It's, fru it's frustrating. Not, I, I want there to be spaces for women because they don't want to constantly have the male gaze upon them mm -hmm. and feel unsafe. I want people who are women loving women to be in women loving women spaces and queer women spaces so that 
and, and bringing their straight friends so that they feel safe and they feel like they have a community. And if they're overwhelmed and want to go, they didn't come alone and then feel ashamed walking out. So I, I get it. I do. But I also know for a fact that's not the case with these women. It's not. And it's this, it's like this in a few different ways. I had a friend recently send me an article and it was something, I think it was called like homo rides or something like that. It was something in San Francisco that was for gay people, queer people, LGBTQIA2 plus people. It was kind of like a Lyft or an Uber for queer people so that they didn't have to worry about getting into a ride share and getting assaulted. And it's a straight cis person that sent it to me. And they said, oh, I wish this was here. I would totally use it. What? Thank you. And I, like, look, I want you to have a safe place too. I'm not saying that I want women to be in a position to be assaulted. That's not what I want. But I have to tell you, not every space is for cis straight people. And not every space is for white people. Because good God, if there are people who are homos, who want a homo safe space, you give them their homo space. It's not for you. What's that? There's that thing. It's like everything else is for you. Give him this one thing. It's for him. Like that's exactly how I felt about this. And that's how I feel about so many queer spaces. I, I know, I know you couldn't see my face when we were talking, but I was, I hadn't heard of that. Um, I was super excited when you were telling me that. <laughs> I mean, just that idea of it's mm-hmm. because let's let's all be honest, uh, getting it to an Uber or a Lyft was uh, super scary. Like the first times that you've done it, I've also mm-hmm. been in it when I'm drunk, alone, mm. and I was actually coming back from a party one time, and I was just secretly very thankful that I had a female driver. Mm-hmm. Um, and she also seemed to be a little bit older, which I don't know if I kind of associated that with more of like a motherly figure, but I was like, oh, okay, I feel I can actually, even in my state right now, still kind of relax, um, mm-hmm. on, on the ride back. So that is super exciting, but no, again, great idea. Go for it. Work with someone else to get that set up. So it's specifically geared towards women. Cool. I think we definitely need that, you know, in the same way that if I'm looking for a therapist online, I get to choose. Do I want someone female or male? What am I more comfortable with? As a woman, if you're going to a gynecologist, same thing. It's your choice. Um, maybe, perhaps, Uber or Lyft could introduce something like that in the future. I mean, I know they've already done it for other qualities, right, of, you know, requests that you want a quiet ride, or maybe you do want to chit-chat. Mm-hmm. You have those options available for you. It was just frustrating to me that yet again, there's this person who, a term that she loves to use, and I think it's outdated and I don't like it much, but I don't know if I'm the person that can say it's good or bad. Fag hag. She, she loves saying that she's a fag hag. And yet you still want to take up space in that queer arena if it was available. If, if you could make it available to you, if it was in your city, you would do that even though you're not queer. You don't need that safety. I'm not familiar with that term. Can you please? Fag hag? Yeah, tell me about uh... it. I, I don't like it. Whatever you're saying to me, I, I immediately had a visceral reaction to it of, no, I think this is bad. Um, so Because I know the two words separately, but I don't know them together. It's a term that has been used and we can Google this to make sure I'm not getting it wrong. I'll do that real quick. But from my understanding, it's typically 
a straight woman, most often a straight white woman who surrounds herself with a lot of flamboyant gay men, whether that's because she attracts them or specifically seeks them out. Um, There's been a lot of, uh, let me make sure that I want to make sure that I'm doing this right here. Let's see. A heterosexual woman who spends much of her time with homosexual men. Okay, there we go. When I have heard it in discussion, there have been a few different ways. Some some women use it like, oh my God, yes, I'm such a magog. <laughs> I hang out with so many gay men. And they use it as like this, this badge to kind of allow them into queer spaces. Like, mm-hmm. I'm always around the gays. I'm just like, you know, I'm just like you all. But it's also, in some cases, I've seen some people from the queer community have discussions about it and about whether because many of these women tend to feminize the men the gay men they're hanging out with whether or not these men are comfortable being feminine because perhaps it has been suggested that while they want the male attention they want to be around men they want to feel safe they want someone who's going to say your ass looks amazing in those jeans. I love those mm. heels. This whole outfit is gorgeous. I love it. You're looking hot without objectifying them. And so they feel safe, but also appreciated. Again, I don't know if I'm the right person to be able to say yes or no to that. I am not a homosexual man. I don't know if this is a term that is still used endearingly. I have heard it used endearingly. Okay. I've also heard it used in a really negative connotation from homosexual men mm. because some women seek out that gay best friend. I, well, yeah. do you want to be my gay best friend? Why can't I just be your best friend? Why well, have to be the gay best friend? I don't gay park a car. I don't gay sleep on my mattress. Those are just things that I do. I know I'm kind of jumping here, but mm-hmm. it's calling to mind something else that if you are heterosexual, so you're straight, mm-hmm. can you call yourself an ally of no. the LGBT community? Or do no. you think, okay, 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 okay. No. Well, that's why I wanted to open up for discussion. Um, so that was an idea, to be perfectly honest with you, that was kind of recently introduced to me. I guess it was someone who, if they were doing LGBTQ work, would just automatically be like, well, I'm an ally of the community. And kind of, that's that, shall we say? They they basically inserted themselves into, as I'm now talking through it, they inserted themselves into this space mm-hmm. um, that is kind of primarily of otherness and not what the quote-unquote norm is. So yeah, that's one that I wanted to explore as Absolutely well. Absolutely not. And this is something we can talk about in conjunction with this. The A and LGBTQIA or LGBTQIA2 plus or alphabet soup or any acronym referring to anyone, the A is not for ally. You are not a part of the community. And if it hurts your feelings, you need to do some work because you are centering yourself instead of the marginalized community. Absolutely not. Allies are not a part of the community. I'm not saying that allies are not necessary. I'm not saying allies are not good. But if you call yourself an ally, I hate you. I mean that in all types of work. But specifically because we're talking about queerness, 
no, it, it, it frustrates me and it angers so, me. Do the work. Why do you want, do you do it just for the badge to be able to call yourself an ally? Because hmm. if that's why you're doing it, you're still centering yourself. You're still putting yourself at the very beginning. It's true. Let it, let it be for those who identify as a gender, asexual, a romantic, something else, but not the, not the allied one. And yet it's so commonplace. It's not unheard of for someone to think that the A can have multiple definitions and be part of, you know, and refer to an ally. And I suppose now, I guess I'm verbally processing this, and I'm now wondering if, you know, me and you as queer people feeling that, ugh, no, you cannot be you cannot identify yourself as an ally to be part of the LGBT community. You know, you're kind of trying to insert yourself into the picture or, you know, maybe to potentially use your platform to call out like LGBTQ issues. I, I, I'm now thinking back to, I was speaking with one of my friends who is black and they were calling to attention the fact that it kind of really sucks that like the Black Lives Matter movement is now only really getting traction because the white folks have been involved with it. Like this is mm -hmm. something that we have been facing for years. Yes, there's and been again, a bunch going on. Yeah, they're like, again, we understand that, you know, getting to, it's, it's moving in a good place, but it still is once again a reminder that the work that you were trying to do yourself for your community wasn't being yet kind of picked up or didn't have a certain weight behind it because you didn't get the white straight majority behind it. And, and, I, and I don't mean to equate kind of race and, and sexuality here, but it was just something that maybe there are some similarities and that's what I was trying to I think to. there are. I think there are. And you, you talked about it really well when you were saying that, um, blanding of ally where like anyone can say they're an ally because they don't they don't go out and bash gay people with bats mm. so they yeah. call themselves an ally because like it doesn't bother them it's fine the same way that people will say we've taken the word ally and only made it an adjective a noun an identity and it should be always a verb. a verb pick me a verb i know the answer <laughs> there you are a verb exactly a verb should always be a verb always be a verb non-stop because the fact of the matter is if you are not consistently working toward and building and doing the work of an ally to any marginalized group of which you are not a member then you don't even get to think the word ally and it should be bestowed upon you it should be. That shouldn't be something where you assume you're an ally just because your best friend's queer. So, mm -hmm. so, so are you, are you doing, are you in the streets? Are you demanding justice for people who are gender non-conforming? Are you, are you out fighting or not? Because just because you put a rainbow flag and a hashtag BLM in your Instagram profile doesn't mean crap. Potentially even like one step further. So uh, yeah. can so here we get to go. the edge of the map. We're going <laughs> probably not where you think it's going. Uh, 
much more tame. Um, so I have, um, I have a couple of friends that they're a couple, they're married and a woman, uh, back in the day, they went to Washington DC, um, for the pussy March essentially. And he is someone that I know does work related to equality kind of just all across the spectrum. Um, and someone who would identify as a feminist. So he mm. can identify as a feminist. Hey. I, feel, I, feel, I feel like I'm trying to play maybe perhaps devil's advocate here of like, well, if we're talking about gender issues, he can identify himself as a feminist. And that does not have to be a title bestowed upon him by someone who is a woman. And yet someone may say, well, why can't I say I'm an ally then? But also other side note, why has ally become like synonymous or identified with the LGBT community? Why can't you just say you're an ally for, for any cause? That's something I want to look up. But going back to my main point about feminism related to gender and then ally related to LGBTQ queerness. I see what you're saying because I, I know that there has been a decent amount of writing and I don't want to say I've researched. I've, I've read things on the internet. That, that's not researching, but I've read some stuff and where all of our knowledge comes from. Continue. <laughs> there are a few different items that I've read about this. One is that one was very staunch saying men cannot be feminists. Ooh. Men can be feminist allies and that's it. Mm. That's it. Yeah. Uh, and to which okay. they then clarified cis men, cis men can only be feminist allies. And mm. I understood their argument. I dug it. I got on it at the same time. I think we have to be clear what wave of feminism we're sitting in. Fair enough. And I okay. think Good point. we have to really dig deep into that because we're no longer looking for the right to vote because what, finally, maybe 40 years ago, Aboriginal women of, from whom we stole United States land were finally able to vote as well. That might be, I, I might be incorrect there, but I don't think it was until 76, somewhere around there. I might be wrong. I can fact check that in a bit. Mm -hmm. But we're no longer there. We're no longer looking for the ability to work, although we are still looking for fair wage. I think that because of the idea of intersectionality, which yes, does come from a black woman. Hello. We have started to finally recognize, and by we, I genuinely mean white women, we have started to see that the issues are all interconnected. Mm. You cannot talk about women's issues without talking about race issues. You cannot talk about women's issues without talking about trans issues. You cannot talk about women's issues without talking about homosexuality. And I think that pulling all of those together trying to redefine what wave of feminism we're in. And some people say it's still third. Some people say we've moved on to fourth. Some people say it's post-feminist feminism. I don't know the answer here. We can look that up for you on this thing called Google or whatever. You can do it. But I don't know the answer to that. I can say that when a man tells me he's a feminist, I run the opposite direction. I don't like it. I think that if a man has to tell me that he respects women, he doesn't. The same way that I think if someone tells me that they're, they're an ally, 
No, you're not. I'm not racist. And I guarantee the next word out of your mouth is going to be, but. So (laughs) I don't like when people tell me that they're doing the bare minimum to not hate a different group, especially marginalized group, because I think they do and they just want the clout. I think that men who say they're feminists are, are dangerous because they don't do the work. They may not go home and beat the women in their lives. They may not be at the very top holding women back. It's true. I feel like for so long as children, you know, we're specifically taught, okay, do this, don't do this. So we somehow come up with this association of, okay, so if I'm not doing this thing, that inherently is a good thing. Some of this is translating over into adulthood because we're not recognizing that doing something that isn't bad shouldn't be rewarded. Like, just as you just mentioned, like, not abusing your wife, it doesn't need to be praised or even acknowledged. And instead, it's moving towards active work and action, positive, actually making a difference. And perhaps that's what it is. So if you are not part of that community, it's not, you shouldn't be so focused on identifying yourself with a term or needing to verbalize that. Your actions should speak and will inherently identify you as one to those that are in the community and then are viewed as a friend or an ally of that community. I think you summed that up perfectly because if you are, if you are doing or not doing the work simply to be able to say that you are a good person, you're still centering yourself, still centering yourself. And I mean, I can't even remember back to, and again, I'm jumping here, but I can remember back to high school and we had certain requirements for community service and it it was never, it was never, you should do this because your community needs you and you know, you're no longer focusing on your individual self nor your family. You're looking at your larger community that you're a part of and giving back. No, it literally was the fact of this is a specific credit or criteria that you must meet and we will reward you for it by allowing Mm -hmm. you to progress to the next grade or by passing this particular class. So it was always something that you had to like check off to do any type of volunteering work. I think that's an important point though, is, you know, we talk about being active in communities where you are not a member. And also being active in communities where you are a member, not only physical mm-hmm. communities, but the queer community, the Mexican community, yeah. the immigrant communities. I mean, so talking about all of those, I, I think that it's important. I think we've lost sight of the fact that you can care deeply and wholeheartedly for a community of people of which you are not a part. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something where you and I have both seen this with people. I know we have. It's where, um, no, 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 man, it's a defensive. No, no, man, dude, I'm not gay. I just, you know, I'm an ally. I think that it's cool. Where it's still, the homophobia is still rampant in the statements you just made, sir. You are still terrified of people thinking that you are gay. Or even, I I love you as a person, Joe. I, I don't even see your queerness. 
stop it. I just love you as a person. Stop it. <laughs> stop it right now. Oh my gosh. Oh, dude, so, so uh... you just triggered something in my brain and it's, so I was looking up because you and I have talked about a few different types of words and sexualities and trying to figure out what are the ones that we don't know because we've gotten old mm-hmm. and how do we talk about who we are and who we love? Yeah, I mean, that's the whole point of language is to provide someone else information in the shortest amount of time by flapping our meat and squeezing those things in our throats. That's, that's the... That's what I'm going to say with the air. (laughs) Hey, and I looked up recently because I, I use queer for myself because I think that better talks about who I am as a person, but I also push come to shove if people are nasty and want me to absolutely provide them a more specific term. I've used pansexual. Mm -hmm. Because when I came out, when, which is anticlimactic anyway, but when, it, when I did what I did, Pan referred to, I do not discriminate against genders when it comes to looking for a romantic or sexual partner. Mm-hmm. Turns out that with the internet doing what it do and culture changing, Pansexual is now, which an ableist term is about to be used right here, mm-hmm. gender blind. Mm. I don't like that. I, I, I don't like that at all because I don't want to look at someone and say, I love you, but I don't even see your gender. It's not True. even a part when I think of you as a person because how damaging is that for people, especially who are gender nonconforming, especially for trans people. I see that you exist as a person, but your gender means nothing to me. No. So I looked up omnisexual, which I think fits the not discriminating with gender, but omni and pan are the same thing just from two different root words. They're two different languages. That's it. They mean the same thing from two different root languages. So I don't understand what happened. I don't understand what happened. So that's been frustrating and all sorts of odd because I don't want to wear as a badge that I am gender blind. Again, hashtag ableist language. Terrible. I wish I need to work on. That's what the internet said. I want to find a different way of saying that. I don't want to look at someone and say, I don't see your gender. I just don't see it. It just doesn't. I don't even know what it is. I don't know. Because if someone is telling me what their gender is and I say, yeah, I just don't see it. I don't get it. I don't know. I mean, that's ignoring a huge part of someone. I don't, I don't want to do that. I'm thinking through the same here because it's not even, I just don't see your gender and it's not, I love you regardless of what your gender is or how you identify. It's just more of like, oh, that's how you define your gender, badass, cool, Mm -hmm. I'm good with that, and it's just more of a acknowledgement, acceptance, Mm -hmm. like what, whatever, whatever the answer option is going to be for the question, how do you identify as your gender, Uh, whatever the question is, the answer is always going to be yes, it's just what it is. Exactly. Right, perfect. That's, I want to be able to 
Tell people that in one word. I want to be able to relate all of that in one word. Whatever your gender is, no matter how complex it is, I may not understand, but I will love and respect and honor and cherish. And the answer will always be yes. Yeah. That will not be the thing that makes me say no. Like, how do, how do I say that? And so that, that's a whole thing that came up with pansexual. But then there were other parts of the internet that said that it was the same thing as Omni. So I, I have a tough time, and which is part of the reason why I do say queer. And part of that also comes down to how I present myself, the language that I use, the way that I look at things, an entire background of what queerness is. But part of it does come down to who I choose to be with. I don't know. I don't know. I know that that was a tangent to come off on, but it was just so frustrating to know that this word that I thought was a word that I identified with could have been doing harm to people this entire time. And I didn't know. Yeah. That's frustrating. So now I'm like, then that goes into the whole philosophical thing and the existential thing that you and I love, which is then, well, then all language is just made up. So we need to come up with new words. It's true. It was also something, so I, I personally identify as a lesbian and it had to be pointed out to me in the good old TikTok um, that someone using language of identifying as a lesbian can, for someone who identifies as non-binary, they may automatically assume I would not be interested in them because of the language that I'm using is intended to be for women, loving women essentially, Mm. kind of broadening it out there. And it was a moment of, oh, well, that never crossed my mind. And I I feel that we're getting into, and it's been really great that we have so many different terms and words that are commonplace that you can use for which one that you like uh, for self-expression and identification. Um, but some of them have such a great history associated with them that I feel those that are genuinely interested understand how intricate it is. So someone who is mm-hmm. genuinely interested in you will allow you to kind of maybe say like one or two words, but then further dive into how, because we understand that it is so limiting just using those handful of words. And it, again, is kind of just enough of an answer for those that are like, oh, okay, yeah, cool, great, I'm straight, or yep, okay, cool, I'm, I'm bi, or I'm a lesbian, almost as if we were going around your room and doing introductions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel it's one of those aspects being part of the LGBTQ community, even if I just use the word lesbian, like I'm happy to dive into a deeper conversation about how I actually identify my sexuality with those that are loved ones um, and know just kind of close to me or interested or just potential dating partners in the future. I think that using more words can be helpful. I think that using fewer words can sometimes be helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, When you were talking, it made me think of someone that I saw on Instagram recently. Um, I, I think I was following a hashtag and her video popped up under the hashtag. Um, I don't remember her name. Sorry. But I do remember that the gist of the video was someone that she was seeing 
was no longer interested in dating her because she has a penis. Um, and her whole thing was you can be honest and not hurtful. Mm-hmm. And, and I could be misinterpreting the video based on my whole background as a person. But from what I remember her talking about is that you can say that we're not a great match. You don't see it going anywhere. But when you tell a trans person that you don't want to date them because of their genitals, it's fucking hurtful. Mm. Um, and I think that that is a conversation that will, that is always complicated. And I don't mean because trans people complicate things. I mean, because gender and sex are complicated things to talk about. Yeah. Um, and I think that the more words we use the more complicated a picture we draw and the deeper some of the cuts are so i think that more language can be helpful but not always so um i know someone who is openly queer they're openly polyam and they have a penis aversion Mm -hmm. So for them, gender, not part of the picture. Like, it's it, that will not be what makes them say no. Your assigned sex at birth will not be what makes them say no. Having a penis mm-hmm. will be what makes them say no. And there are a ton of genders where a penis is not involved. Mm-hmm. But that conversation is a complicated conversation to have. Oh, most definitely. I mean, we're even, as we do, we can step outside of the kind of uh, gender and sexual like minority box um, or just even go to like, what is a good amount of information to share with your partner? And I'm using that as a generic term for someone you're married to in a relationship, dating, what have you. And what about causing like unnecessary hurt? Because we are always taught as well that honesty is a good thing. So like Mm -hmm. if you know that is your reason for not wanting to date them is because they have the penis and, and that's what you tell them, was that actually really necessary to include? in that message about, hey, I just don't think we're compatible. And at the end of the day, did it make your partner feel better or did it just help alleviate your conscience and your guilt? Consent is in the same way almost as we were talking about of, you know, being a ally, I guess, should be Mm. a verb. Consent is something that it's never a once given it's just always accepted to be the same answer. No, mm-hmm. you always ask multiple times all the time and it can mm-hmm. be withdrawn at any time for any reason. And it's never something that you kind of argue about or dispute. Did you set about. something on fire? <laughs> uh, our podcast, you, our words. You've got, it's on fire. <laughs> got some wee-woo wagons. We have the wee-woos, we have the woo-loos. Sorry, I mean women-loving women, not the actual Pokemon, so. <laughs> I didn't know that was a Pokemon. 
it's an adorable Pokemon. It's like this little like sheep that's a ball. It doesn't even walk. It just like tucks in its legs and it just rolls. It's amazing. That's pretty cute. That's pretty great. It's like a little cotton ball. It's like a, it I don't know. Is. It's kind of like a tumbleweave, but of wool, a tumble wool. Yes, you're describing it perfectly. For not knowing at all what I'm talking about, you're actually doing a great job. <laughs> you're welcome. Well I, done. I do think that talking about, I, I mean, all of it's, I don't want to say messy as in bad, but it's interwoven and complicated. And I think that when you have an aversion to being romantically involved with or sexually involved with people with specific genitalia, um, I I think it, it grows complicated there not only because that's a really tough conversation to have with someone. Mm-hmm. Also, you can't tell what genitals someone has by looking at them. Yeah. But in an important way that hasn't happened until, again, non-intersex people picked it up, people out of the community picked it up. But when you're talking about intersex people or people with ambiguous genitalia, what does that mean for, for them? Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that if you have a penis aversion, you need to be able to inspect their genitals. Is your clit big enough to be seen as a penis, or is it only if something ejaculates? And then there are plenty of men with a penis who do not ejaculate. Mm-hmm. So then, what are you saying? So I think, I think there's a lot there. Um, and I again, something where I don't have the answers, but I have a lot of questions, and I I want to be able to talk through it because I want to understand better. What language do I use to help get as much information about me across as possible in a short amount of time? Because I don't want to sit down and talk about my dating history, my sexual history, my preferences for each and every little thing on a second date with someone that I met off Bumble. I'm just not interested in it. I don't want to have the 20 questions through her. I don't want to meet up with someone from Tinder and have to go through all of this. I want to provide the language that's there so that if someone asks me, I can just say, Google it, Google it, search it. I want this, but I also know that it's far too complicated for that. At times it can cause anxiety um, or we're just so concerned about how we are appropriately communicating our own identities to to others and want it to come across very clearly. Mm -hmm. I want it to be clear that there are types of people that I want to be with and types of people that I don't want to be with. And part of the weeding out honestly comes just with my personality and the music I want to listen to and the books I'm going to read and the things I want to talk about. Because a lot of it does weed out straight dudes. (laughs) A lot of it does. And that's on purpose. So just like you talked about, you know, when, when you ask people like, what does a lesbian look like? When people make the comment of, you're never going to get a husband looking like that. When you cut your hair short, what do you think men are going to think of you? Um, I hope they don't. Well, well, 
As at all. Know, <laughs> they have now become accustomed to that. The straight men have accepted the fact that the female will obtain a pixie haircut. And it is not indicative of her sexuality. So now, what is it, Joe? What is it? What is it? What's the haircut that shows that you might be a little bit queer? It's a mullet. My mullet. Ah, the mullet that you haven't gotten. Uh, Here's the thing. Desperately want to tell us more. The shag, the mullet. It is. It is, and I'm I'm not talking about. Okay, here's the thing. There there are mullets where I'm gonna say like yes, and then there are a ton where I'm gonna say no. But you can tell. But I honestly think that it's just a matter of time until that ends up being a straight thing too. Of course, I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. But oh man, mullets, they are, it's beautiful. Like they are a thing of beauty where it's, I guess for me, and it kind of goes with the short hair thing is like, I like knowing, and this isn't saying high maintenance women are bad. That's not what I'm about to say. What I am going to say is that I kind of like the look of like, I may have just rolled out of bed. Would you like to rejoin me? Mm-hmm. That look, which happens with short hair, which happens with mullets, which happens with people who put their hair in buns, hello, it's just great. It's like, yes, yes, I <laughs> Thank you and thank your hair for offering me this invitation. Mm-hmm. This, <laughs> I love perfect it's a perfect way to express like desires and emotions just with you know a a flip of the hair or how it's styled just so super fun yes wait is this the thing where we're saying goodbye yeah it's actually 9 40 my time so yes balls this has been unsensational it's past my bedtime we'll talk to you next time yeah until then Stay queer, everyone. Bye.